Welcome back to Inside Julius's Mind. I'm back. Uh, <laughs> it's been just about as long as Kendrick has said it's been. Um, I'm going through my healing era. Um, and that's allowed me to see that I was broken, um, still broken. Um, I have childhood trauma and things that I'm trying to work through. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, uh, this episode is going to be me talking about my own vulnerabilities, um, things that I struggled with, um, things that I see other men struggle with. Um, this isn't a Andrew Tate podcast. This isn't a Red Pill podcast. This is a, um, let's be honest with ourselves podcast. Um, let's really look ourselves in the mirror and see who we are. And let's talk about the things we struggle with. Uh, so, without further ado, let's get into it. Inside Julius's mind. In Webster, uh, vulnerable, the definition is capable, capable of being physically or emotionally wounded, open to attack or damage. Liable to increase penalties, but entitled to increase bonuses after winning a game in contract bridge. Uh, let's focus on that last that last definition. Uh, liable to increase penalties, but entitled to increase bonuses after winning a game in contract bridge. Um, that's pretty quite simple to me. That's how I view me being vulnerable now. Uh, I used to be it as uh, open to be wounded, uh, open to be damaged, open to be attacked, uh, either physically or emotionally. Uh, I started going to a therapist. He kind of showed me that uh, the way I viewed it isn't always the way it should be viewed. Um, you don't have to struggle in silence. You don't have to um, be alone. You don't have to worry about the things that normal people push to the background. Um, 
there's a video going around on social media, um, or I guess in my little social media circle, of a group of men talking about who do they go to when they feel like the the burden of their life is too much. Um, <clears throat> they all say, well, no one. I'm a man. No one cares. Uh, there's nobody I can go to. There's nobody I can rely on. There's nobody I can speak to. Um, those men often have their lives ended one or two ways. Uh, neither one of them are very positive. Uh, and without a better word or... Um, something else that I could kind of piggyback off of that normally ends in suicide. Uh, they, they normally kill themselves. Um, life isn't easy. Um, it'll never be easy. The decisions you make in your life uh, from an early age, you know, early teenage years can show the ramifications when you're 25, 30, 35, 40 years old. Um, so you have to be really particular about who you, who you let into your life, uh, and how you move throughout your life. Um, some of the men that I've talked to, um, I asked them about why vulnerability, like, scares them, um, The most popular answer that I've gotten uh, is they see it as something that can be held over them um, from a significant other or they'll be viewed as lesser than or weaker. And I'll say this right now. Um, if somebody is um, coming to you and they're sharing something, the problems that they're going through, that isn't them coming to you in weakness. They're coming to you because they trust you. Uh, you've obviously done something for them that, that they allow or they feel comfortable with you. Um, and to in a fit of rage or if you're ever upset with them or if you take if you listen to them you hear them and at the end of the day you say I don't think that was really manly right I don't think that was the best way they could have done that um, you're a horrible person <laughs> um you're a horrible person because when somebody is at their very lowest, right, or are you catch them at their lowest, I was always taught you don't kick somebody when they're down. Uh, you know, you kick somebody when they're down, then what will you do to your friends, right? If this person comes to you, obviously they see you as a friend. Right? How can they? How can they grow? 
how can they get better, right? Uh, people pride themselves on being good friends, but have no evidence to pop it up, right? I have a group of friends that I rely on or I can go to and we can kind of talk where it's not always the uh, the seriousness of a, of a friendship. And what I mean by that is, you know, guys aren't super high maintenance when they come to their friends. Uh, we don't need a lot of things to be considered friends, you know. Uh, some of my friends are, you know, lifelong friends, friends from high school, friends from Alton, you know, college and things of that nature. And we built our relationship uh, from there. Now that's going on 20 plus years of friendship. Uh, but this isn't, this isn't that, right? We're talking about the significant other aspect of it. Now I was blessed with a wife that, um, won't use my weaknesses or my moments of weakness against me. Um, she doesn't see me as less than because I share how I'm feeling because I didn't always share how I was feeling. It was kind of just, uh, let me, you know, go off to this, this room and kind of sit by myself and just kind of ponder on my thoughts, uh, and kind of see how it goes. And then I realized, you know, that's not healthy. Uh, I became really irritable. I became really uh, angry. And that's kind of why I started to get help. Uh, this isn't going to be a sponsored episode, uh, but I will show some of the, the, the we'll talk about some of the things that I've done to kind of help me and who I, you know, in terms of therapy, where I've gone to get help. Uh, but back to the point at hand. Uh, Men don't see themselves as being valued or unconditionally loved because as a man, nine times out of 10, you're only unconditionally loved as long as you can provide something, uh, pay the bills, food, those things, uh, the traditional, uh, outlook of what a man can do. And that's completely fine. If that works in your household, it's fine. But even the men that they say that that works for are families that they say that that works for. Uh, even those men come up short or they have moments of weakness. Um, and that shouldn't deter you from how you live your life because you're going to live your life however you decide you want to. Um, And I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to tell you what's right or what's wrong. Uh, but I am here to kind of give my opinion on the thing because it is inside of Julius's mind. And this is what you came here to listen to. Right? So I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Um, me and my household, me and, we, we both work. Right? We have a, a little boy. Everybody knows Santiago. Um, and it works better for us. That we both work right um, so the, the entire financial burden of the household isn't on one person now I'm not saying it's 50 50 I'm not saying it's 
not going to put a percentage on who does what and how they do it. But with the cost of living of how it is, right, uh, I will be out of my mind. Right, we have a house. We bought a house. Uh, we live in a fairly safe neighborhood. We live in a fairly nice neighborhood. I'm not in Plano, you know, Frisco, McKinney. I'm not in any of those areas. I'm in North Fort Worth. We're kind of ducked off. We're in a nice suburban neighborhood, right? Uh, but the cost of living in these areas aren't cheap, right? Um, and with the Texas Appraisal District, uh, assuming that my house is worth $400,000, things go up, right? Property tax, so on and so forth. So in my estimation, I would be out of my mind you know, to think that I can handle that completely 100% by myself uh, with no supplemental income. Is this me completely by myself, right? Also, we have a kid. Uh, now, I know there are people that are doing it with five, you know, three, five, six kids, and they have no problems doing it. But I understand the financial burden of that has to be immense. Um, so talking about vulnerabilities, right? Emotional strife, uh, physical strife, uh, things that men struggle with. Every man wants to feel needed. They need to feel needed. We need to feel needed. If we don't feel needed, we feel like we've, we've uh, upset the way life is, right? Uh, now we all say, even myself included, you know, even though I just told y'all, like, hey, you know, our our household is balanced. I would love to be the sole provider, right? Everything that we want to do is on me. I would love that, but it's not realistic. Um, not only is it not realistic, it'll never be realistic. Things only get more expensive. Um, now, obviously, you know, I could do more, but. I want to be an active father. I don't want to be one of those dads that go to work, come home, and their kids don't know them, right? They don't know anything about their kids. My wife will tell you, uh, I'm not like the dads that have to go to the uh, the doctor's office and they're terrified because they can't answer any of the kids, uh, the questions about their kids. Uh, I can answer any question about Santiago. Birth date, weight when born, time born, allergies, uh, anything that seems out of the ordinary. I'm a very active participant in my son's life. You know, because I feel like personally, you can't call yourself a father unless you're active and present in your kid's life. And that's to the small details, not just birthdays, not just um, when things are going fun, you know, we're playing and stuff like that. It's when things are bad, basically. Um, when they don't feel like, you know, or when he's you know two years old and he's throwing a tantrum. Those are the times you really need to dig in and really sit down and get into your fatherhood bad. Now, I'm not an expert on this, 
right? I'm I'm not a uh, one of those doctors that can talk about parenting styles. Uh, but I know that for me myself, I'm very active. So back to it, you know, it's hard, but if women do it, you know, men can do it. Um, so speaking of the vulnerabilities and going back to the, um, the video I was telling you guys about earlier, uh, about men saying who, who they have to reach out to and why they don't have anybody to reach out to because they're men and no one cares. Uh, it's well documented that the world says men aren't valued unless they can provide something. And that goes for men as well. Men don't see themselves as being having value unless they can provide something, myself included. Um, that's one of those things that I've been working working on. Um, but men can't continue to struggle in silence. You know what I mean? Find somebody you can talk to, you know. Find somebody you can you can really sit down and just the pain, the struggles of your heart, you can kind of release it. Right? Uh August eighth, twenty twenty, my dad died. Right. But I also found out that I was having my son. Right? Um so I went to both ends of the spectrum of extreme happiness to extreme sadness, right? And for a long time, I just kind of kept going, right? I don't even think I properly grieved my dad. Of course, I was sad, right? But I don't, I didn't have the opportunity to kind of sit down and say, okay, you know, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. This is how I kind of need to get over it. I didn't have anybody to talk to. Obviously, I talked to my wife. My wife, my wife knew I was, I was depressed. Uh, I'll say what it was. I was fucking depressed. I was angry. Um, from August eighth to December of 2020, I had COVID, so I had survivor's guilt. Like, why me? You know, uh, all these other things that I was kind of dealing with, and I just kind of just put my head down and started to run through the mud. Um, and my, my wake up call was, um, it didn't come really to this, this year. I, um, I was in the kitchen, you know, washing dishes or something. And, you know, I have a two year old, so we all know how two year olds are. They're in everything, and uh, super inquisitive. He's a super smart kid, right? Um, but he was uh, he was playing with a. Well, he was opening the dishwasher, and he was trying to get something out of the dishwasher, and he grabbed a knife. Now, two year olds and knives are never anything good. Right. But my reaction to him grabbing the knife wasn't good at all either. I um I screamed at him, right? Uh, and the look of terror 
on his face when he saw that I screamed was kind of like my wake-up call. Um, you know, that I I was kind of just like, damn, you know what I mean? Uh, my dad wasn't perfect. He was learning. He had childhood trauma that, you know, towards what I didn't know at the time, his end of his life, he was working on. Um, and childhood trauma, he was working through. Uh, and those things are passed down. It's generational, right? He has problems and his dad had problems and his dad's dad had problems. And I kind of took it upon myself to say, well, no, um, it stops with me. Uh, I don't want my son to have these problems either, right? I don't want him to deal with the, the insecurities of life. I don't want him to deal with uh, the subconscious mind telling him that he's not good enough or he can't do this or he can't do that. Uh, there's no limitations on him. You know, and if, if anybody, you know, if you're listening to this and you know that you know my son, if, if there's music playing nine times out of ten, he's dancing. I don't want him to lose that. I don't want him to to feel like he's not free, right? Uh, free from the, you know, gender roles that the world tries to place on him. I want my son to know how to cook. I want my son to know how to clean. Uh, I want him to know how to, to, to be a man. I want him to know how to fix stuff. I'm just now learning how to do certain stuff that, you know, some people would say they've been learning how to do their whole lives. And that was one of my, like, insecurities. You know what I mean? It's something I had to work through. Uh, but I don't want that for my son. I want him to have everything. So, um, while I'm working through my own childhood trauma, right, I'm focused on not instilling any more extra childhood trauma on my son. So he doesn't have to deal with it, right? So he doesn't have to worry about, oh, well, this is what it's like, and this is just the, the, the struggle of being a man, you know, and struggling in silence, you know. Uh, it's not fair. Nobody wants that, right? So I want to kind of give you guys some uh, statistics, right? Um In 2021, men die by suicide 3.9 times more than women. 132 suicides per day. That's what the average is. Right? How many? How many of those, right, could have been avoided? How many of those could have been um, if they just would have talked to somebody, right? Um, now, I'm not a white male, but that was the leading cause of death for white men in 2021. In the midst of a pandemic, right? Suicide by firearm was one of the leading causes of death in men and white men. The number for black men isn't that much lower, 
the number for Hispanic men isn't that much lower from black men, and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm not a man advocate or male advocate or however people may see it. Uh, I believe in true equality for everybody. What's good for the goose is also good for the gander. So if women have no problem going to therapy and talking to someone and figuring out emotional intelligence, a man shouldn't either, right? Uh, I have had therapy uh, a long time ago. I guess I was, you know, uh, kind of in that college phase or college area of my life. And I kind of stopped going because, you know, she got expensive. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have great health insurance at the time, but that's something that I kind of did because I'm prone to depression. Um, and I, I've learned that uh, just because you're prone to depression doesn't mean you have to uh, just fall into these depressive st- uh, spells and and just stay there, right? I had a problem with understanding my emotions. Uh, the problem with most men, uh, myself included, was uh, anger, right? Uh, but anger is just a surface level emotion. Behind anger, there's disgust, uh, feeling distraught, feeling inadequate. And the only reaction or emotion that we can show to kind of combat that is anger. And the only way we can understand those emotions is if we really talk about what's really, really bothering us. Right? What's the real emotion at the end of the day? What's, what's really that button that keeps pushing us? Right? Now, I told you guys a story about me and my son and what kind of happened, right? Um, now, you could say that's just a, a dad being protective or, you know, whatever you want to say. Or you could say that's me, you know, trying to protect him, be protective. Uh, but there's always a way you can talk to a kid where they don't, they understand what you're trying to do without it sounding forceful, Right? without them being afraid of them, uh, you trying to correct their behavior. Uh, I was dealing with something in my own life. And when I saw it, it took me, you know, it took me back to how my dad would have reacted. And that came out instead of, Don't grab the knife. Let's put the knife down. Right? Let's do something else. Take his attention from the knife to something else. And that could have been what I did. I didn't. Uh, My first reaction was anger. And that that bottom emotion was probably fear. And from fear, it probably, you know, was me being disappointed that, you know, I was, he was so able to get to the knife, right? 
that I personally dropped the ball. So, instead of me actually being upset at myself, I took it out on him by raising my voice and yelling. No, put the knife down. God, God, you know, things like that. Um, I'm, I'm unlearning things constantly, right? Uh, it's never, it's not easy, right, to look yourself in the mirror and say, you're not okay, right? Um, but it's also not fair or easy to anyone else to look at your life and say, well, the shit, that's just, is what it is, right? No, it's, that's not the case. It isn't, it is what it is. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not one of those things you kind of just throw off to the wayside and, you know, you ignore it and you push it down and you, you do all these other things before you're really truly honest with yourself in terms of what's going on in your own life. Um, because if you can't do those certain things, if you can't pick up and look at your life and and say, hey, I'm not okay, that's just as bad as uh, ignoring it, right? Or maybe may as well be the same thing. Um, you know, my group of friends, you know, that I have, I have a, you know, like I said, I have my college friends. I have my, you know, I got Chew, I got Booby. Uh, I have uh, high school friends, like Saeed, Patrick, um, Saeed has had, you know, military veteran. So the stuff that he's seen is... Is uh the way he copes is to just laugh about it, you know, and say, "Well, shit, it is what it is." But, and I've told him this, you know, personally, that you would you would probably benefit from seeing a therapist, getting some help, right? We got Chu, a uh, college friend. Um, I'm not gonna say Chu suffers with depression or just anything from anxiety or anything like that. You know, he has no problem saying that, you know, he'll he'll go to therapy. Uh, Bowie has a, a mentor who's kind of like his therapist that holds him accountable. Uh, I have my own uh, therapist. He holds me accountable. He challenges me on my thinking. Uh, Patrick, same thing. Uh, he's wanting to get into therapy, so I've kind of showed him some of the avenues in terms of what he can do. Um, and... You know, because it's going from there. Uh, my personal struggle is depression mixed with anxiety. Um, and the fear of something good always comes with something bad. Uh, it goes, you know, it takes me back, you know. My wife tells me, hey, we're having our first kid. And my dad dies maybe an hour later. Or I'm told that my dad dies about an hour later. Um, and I've, I've tried to figure out um, or kind of relax myself about what what's next, right? What's around the corner? Uh, what does life look like for me? What does life look like for my son? 
what does life look like for my wife? My wife's not going to therapy, right? She's seen the benefits of it. Um, man, I, I, I thought I was going to name this episode, uh, Why Can't Men Show Vulnerability? But the more, the more and more I talk, it's, it feels like uh, <laughs> instead of why can't men go to, you know, show vulnerability, it's, uh, I think the title of this episode might be, It's Okay to Not Be Okay, right? We all have something that we're struggling with. We all have things that we, we have fears and uh, things that make us sad, things that make us angry. And focusing on emotional intelligence and how that feels, right? Um, some days are, some days are really good. I'm not going to tell you that since I've been going to therapy, everything is great. Some days are really good. Some days are really bad. Some days are goddamn horrible. Uh, but I've been honest with myself in terms of who I am as a person. Uh, and the things that I can kind of point to and say, hey, you know, I can be better. Right? Uh, I talked to my, my Uncle Demetrius, my Uncle Mimi, um, pretty consistent. Right? It was my dad's younger brother or youngest brother. And, uh, you know, I kind of told him, you know, I started going to therapy. He said, man, that's, that's good, right? It's, it's okay to not be okay, right? Uh, I, I recorded an episode maybe a couple of years ago. It's crazy to kind of think about, you know, about, you know, my dad dying and how that, that kind of had an effect on me. And I used that, that episode as, like, therapy, right? And I told my therapist, like, hey, you know, I used to podcast. It was the thing that was like a hobby for me. Uh, that's kind of how I, uh, I I was able to figure out how I was feeling emotionally uh, while I felt the way I did. And he kind of asked me why I stopped. And I said, you know, it was it was weird. You know, my, my biggest supporter in the podcast, me podcasting, was my dad. Uh, he listened to every episode. Right. Um, we plan to have him even come on an episode. Uh, and it, it just never happened. Right. You know, life happened. Um, and I dealt with the. The focusing on things that I didn't have. Uh, instead of focusing on the things that I do have. Right. The things that. I could focus on, right, or I could, I could do instead of the things I couldn't do. Uh, now, at, at any given time, uh, I always saw life as, well, shit, you know, if my dad went into the hospital July 27th, he was gone basically a week later, literally week later, um, or a couple of days later, right, a little bit over a week, but you get what I'm saying, and my, my brain associated that with, well, shit, I could die at any time, which is true, it's very true, but that outlook on life isn't, isn't very, uh, isn't very healthy, 
right? It's not healthy uh, in, in, in even the slightest, right? You have to live life to the fullest. You have to be able to really isolate everything in your life and say, hey, this is the problem, right? Um, and just because this thing happened doesn't mean that this thing happened, right? Your intrusive thoughts don't always have to win. Uh, and that's one of those things that I've kind of learned. Now, I've only been going to therapy for, I want to say, four months now. Uh, and in that four months, I've learned a lot about myself. Uh, I've learned a lot about my shortcomings and the things that I need to do to combat those things. Um But I'm not going to say it's one of those things where it's it's an easy fix, right? Uh, I used to think that all my trauma was due to my dad dying. That's not the case. Got a lot of stuff in my childhood that kind of plays a, a huge part into it. Uh, Y'all didn't come here to listen to that, my childhood problems. I won't start that violin or... Uh, you know, really uh talk about the, the disdain of of anything uh or anything of that nature but uh i think the biggest thing in terms of my life right and the person i'm becoming um is being honest with yourself being honest with the people around you you don't have to tell them everything right you don't have to be like oh well I suffer from depression and I've tried to kill myself. Now I'm not talking, I'm not using myself in that, um, in that scenario. I'm just telling you, this is what it kind of looks like. Um, right now you probably look in, look at my life and you say, man, you know, happy family, happy house, such and such, such. Life should be going pretty good. You know, everything should be fine. That's never the case, right? It's never that easy. Um, everybody's struggling with something. We don't always know that. We don't always know what the thing is. Uh, but men, as you go out into your daily life, you don't have to struggle alone. Uh, have friends you can talk to. You know, even if you say it and, you know, what men do, we, we make fun of it. Uh, we kind of joke around, so on and so forth. Uh you know, like, why are you depressed? You know what I mean? You know, we, we make jokes. It's kind of how men friendship goes. Uh, but sometimes the, even that is a help. Uh, you don't have to feel completely alone. You don't have to feel like the world is against you, so on and so forth. Uh, you can have a positive outlook on life. Uh the, the way that I've been going to therapy, right, is I found this company. It's called Grow Therapy. And they allow you to use health insurance 
to pay for therapy, right? Uh, for each session, I think I pay like $40. It's not bad at all, right? I go twice a month, which is basically every other week. Sometimes, you know, things are going a little bit better. I'll go one time a week, but as of late, I've been going twice a month. Uh, and it's really helped me out. It's really put things in perspective for me. Uh, I've been open with the people around me in my life about, you know, my choice to go to therapy. I've told my mom, like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to therapy now. I'm working on some things. My wife knows. You know, my sister knows. People know, right? Uh, because when you're when you're going through your healing, right, I don't want it to be a surprise that I'm doing better. Right. Oh, we didn't know if you're going to make it out of that. Right. Type of thing. I want it to all be looked at as like a positive outlook. Right. You struggled. You went through something traumatic. You were able to have the emotional intelligence to say, I'm not okay. Uh, and I need to be better. I've told people that I know about growth therapy. I've told Patrick, I've told people at work, uh, I feel like they may have the struggles of life being too heavy for them or, you know, their kids or whatever, what have you. Um, so when people start to get help, you kind of see that in them, you know, it's not going to be as easy. Not everybody's going to be as accepting to therapy. Uh, you're just paying somebody to listen to your problems. You're paying somebody to navigate you through your emotions, right? Uh, people think they're just happy, sad, angry or hungry right that's people's base level emotions uh yes hungry is an emotion <laughs> but sometimes it's way deeper than that right uh it's not as, as easy as this is the thing that you're, you're struggling with this is how we fix it right uh sometimes you really need to know exactly what the problem is what triggered you right uh why do you feel that way, right? Uh, I'll tell y'all a quick story about me and something that triggers me. Uh, I hate, I hate, and it's something that I'm working through now, when someone mocks me, right? Uh, what I mean by that is when I'm talking and we're having a conversation and instead of, you know, talking how I talk, how you guys hear me now, right? They have this cartoon version of your voice that they hear, right? You say, well, that's not what happened. Yes, now what happened? That bothers me. Uh, that goes back to a, a childhood trigger for me um, to where I was sharing how I felt and it was minimalized by somebody mocking how I felt. So I've been working through that. Right now, I'm not saying that I feel great or I'm completely fine when it happens now. Uh, but I've learned how to work through that. Right. Uh, it triggers me. I'm not going to say it doesn't. It still triggers me. I still kind of, you know, lose my shit here and there. Uh, but it's one of those things that you really have to look at yourself and say, why is that triggering? Right. That triggers me because this is what that person thinks that I sound like? Or is it triggering because 
this is, you know, what it actually is. So, um, sometimes it's just that, what that person's struggling with, right? Uh, their voice was never heard, so they make up their own voice in their own head, and they go that way, right? So, as I'm wrapping up this episode, right, I want to let you guys know, um, I'm going to be more active, right? Uh, We're going back to my weekly episode release. Um, I'm going to release this one today. And then next week, I'm going to release another one. And I appreciate everybody that's going to ask me what happened to the podcast. Uh, Why didn't, why did you stop? Uh, Questions that I didn't really have the answer to, but I had the answer. I just didn't feel comfortable sharing. I uh, hopefully this kind of uh, help with those those questions. Uh, I'm gonna start bringing my friends back on. We're gonna start talking about stuff. Uh, it's never gonna be as serious as this. Uh, this was kind of like my my. Uh, my intro back into the podcast space. Uh, I'm going to add in a YouTube element here soon. Uh, It may be a Facebook stream or something. I'm really trying to figure out what I'm going to do. But inside of Julius's mind is changing. And the easiest way to kind of to show y'all is to show you, you know, (laughs) Uh, is to is to really kind of put it out there. Um, I'm thinking of having, you know, every Sunday be a release, release day forward. Um, I'm going to take, you know, questions. I'm going to take um, scenarios, football seasons right around the corner. Uh, we're going to get back into our politics bag. Uh, we're going to get back into those, those deep conversations that we used to have on the podcast and the seriousness of everything. Uh, we're going to do interviews. We're going to do a little bit of everything, man. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy that everybody is here. Uh, we just got to find a good song to ride out on. And I think I got the perfect one. Thank you.
in a pain, gon' murder his minor. Rebellious and more jealous, I chip you for designer. Belt buckles and cloud overzealous and prone to violence. Make your own turn, be your will of the will alignment. Residue burn, missed at the inner city. Miscommunication to keep homo detector busy. No protection is risky. Desensitized, I vandalize pain. Covered up in camouflage, get used to hearing arsenal rain. Analyze, risk your life, take the charge. Homies, don't fuck your baby.